I had a chance to sit down with Vice Principal Chris Layton from Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Chris is in the uh, perhaps enviable position of being part of a one-to-one school and some of the uh, things that have been set in place around technology are really uh, helping this transition. Uh, it's certainly not perfect, but um, I think you'll uh, appreciate his perspectives around uh, how that's been a helpful thing and, and how he's encouraging his teachers to uh, engage um, their students in ways that perhaps they hadn't had before. So here's my conversation with Chris. Welcome for another podcast of what's happening with COVID-19 and education, and I am Grateful to be joined by Chris Layton, and he represents, and, and I always have to couch this in that you're not everybody in Tennessee, but you are from the state of Tennessee, and so uh, I, my goal is to find people from all over the world, different provinces and states and countries to share what's happening uh, within education around the COVID-19 crisis. So my first question, Chris, to you is, first of all, introduce yourself, tell me who you are and, and what your duties and responsibilities are and where you work. Sure. Um, so I am Chris Layton. I am in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which is a East Tennessee, uh, just outside Knoxville, Tennessee, if you're familiar with the state. Um, I am currently a vice principal at a middle school of about 720 kids and about 60 staff members. So tell me so far, what are you being asked to do as far as the educational um, programming of your students? Sure. So uh, a big part of this, when our district made the decision, which really the state made the decision, then all districts in Tennessee kind of followed suit. Uh, And it was kind of weird weird timing for a lot of districts, including ours, because we were on spring break as other states and other systems started making these decisions. So we have a two-week spring break, so we're kind of in the wait-and-see limbo world for a while. we were trying to be proactive and saying, what would remote learning look like? Uh, we're a one-to-one school. Uh, our kids have had laptops for five years. We, we use Canvas as our learning management system. So our teachers had really, if this had happened five years ago, blended learning was kind of a foreign concept to a lot of our staff, but we have migrated into that a lot more over the last five years. And that's a chief uh, component to my role uh, with curriculum and instruction. Uh, So for me, how my role's changed is I'm fielding a lot of more Zoom conversations, a lot more Zoom conference calls. um, And just, you know, it's interesting because uh, I'm a big believer in the power of the steady beating drum. And I've been steadily beating that drum for five years on blended learning. And we, for example, we send out a weekly newsletter, our staff, we show them some tools and some videos and strategies like, but now that this has happened, my email inbox and my text messages, I've had a lot of people reach out and go, hey, what was that thing you talked about last year we could do? So that's really been beneficial and nice um, because sometimes it takes a moment like this for people to say, what can I do to strategize around the moment? Uh, So our staff has really responded well to doing that. And as far as their expectations around, you know, teaching and curriculum and time and those things, like who, who decides that and what does that look like? If you're, if I'm a, a, a seventh grade social studies teacher in your school, what's that, what's that mean for me? Sure. So we, we try to keep autonomy uh, for our teachers to the best of our ability. I, I've read some nightmare stories about just the uniformity standardization. Um, you know, I, I was in on some meetings early on in this process was district level leaders. Uh, one thing that a lot of folks, including myself, were adamant about is we can't make this school 
from home. Um, there's not going to be a bell to move them from here to there. And, and, you know, if you ever watch Ken Robinson videos, his whole explanation for why the systems are set up the way they are, that's out the window at this point. Um, so what we've encouraged our staff to do is to use this as review and go over things that they've covered uh, throughout the year. Had we been in school, we would have been doing that anyways because we're coming into the testing windows. Um, and we've also reached out and, and we've told them, look, the most important thing, because we'll, we'll start our remote learning on Monday of next week. And we told them the most important thing to do from the jump is to let your kids know you miss them, you care about them, and check in to see if they're okay. And then we can start learning from there. Once we get Maslow's covered to the best of our ability, we can start building up, you know, blooms and everybody else's um, pyramids and help with learning. But one big thing we've encouraged our staff to do is make it engaging, make it fun. You know, death by worksheets is not going to help anybody through this. Uh, and, you know, you and I were talking earlier about just the social and emotional aspect that not only the adults we're going through, but just trying to put ourselves in the shoes of a 13 year old a seventh grade. Sure. What, what's this like yeah no and then i think those are uh, those are great sort of tenants to build that around and, and you're part of i know sort of helping to message that and encourage and support teachers i guess i'm wondering uh from you personally what sort of messagings and supports have you felt either from the district the state or colleagues that says but this has been really helpful that people have done or said this yeah, I, I think the, the best messaging I've seen, whether it's been within our district or just my professional learning network, is to keep it simple, uh, let creativity flow, and um, be engaging and have fun. Um, you know, it, it's sad that for education in general, and I'm sure this is not just a Tennessee thing or a U.S. thing, it's a worldwide thing in a lot of countries, uh, but it's sad that, you know, once the, the standardized test came off the table, you could almost see the flood of relief on Twitter. I saw it in my email inbox. Teachers were like, well, hey, now that we're in, now that we don't have the test and we're going to do this thing, I want to try this, you know, this thing I've always wanted to do. I'm like, hey, go for it. You know, let, let's teach the way we have always wanted to now that we, we can take these barriers down. So if there's a silver lining to all of this, particularly for education, that, that's a huge silver lining. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly in those in those test heavy centers, uh, the timing perhaps couldn't have been better. If this was going to happen during a school year, this is a great time for that because of, you know, a lot of that, just the controversy, but just the angst that this time of year can bring. So that's a really that's a, it'll be a very interesting um, thing to process and reflect upon, you know, three, four five months, a year from now saying, well, how did, did we really lose much? What did we gain? Yeah. All those kinds of things. I think there'll be some great conversations to be had. Um, what, what about the, the, like, so what challenges though, again, you know, you've described uh, being a one-to-one -one and uh, district and, and putting a lot of things in place that again, mm -hmm. many districts don't have. Uh, right. You're in a pretty good position, but what about the challenges that you foresee either immediately, like right now we're trying to deal with or sure. thinking ahead to a month from now, what are the challenges you're concerned about? Um, so the, the first big challenge was setting up meals, getting, uh, getting food out to our community and to our kids who needed it. Uh, and that's continued through this week and will continue through the school year. Uh, so that, that was like challenge number one, just coordinating that, uh, being able, it was amazing because we had like at our school, we had like 15 teachers who were on spring break 
or emailing our administrative team saying, I want to hand out food. Where do I go? How do I do this? Because, you know, that's why we do this as educators. We care about kids. Um, but in terms of technology, one challenge we're going to have is we can't provide equity um, because we can't assure that every kid's going to have connection. Um, and then even within that, even though we've supplied devices to our, our students, um, you know, we, we can't necessarily say what uh, a 13-year-old's responsibilities look like at home because if parents are working from home, a 13-year-old may be primary caretaker while parents have to do a job from home. Um, so our district was really very, I, I think, forward-thinking, the idea of we're going to call these extended learning opportunities. There's no grades being taken. Um, you don't even have to do it, um, which is provo it, it's provoked some challenges for our teachers because there's a lot of compliance measures in the world of education. If I don't make you do X, Y, Z, then you're not going to do it. Uh, my pushback has been some of those kids weren't even doing it when they were physically sitting in our room right, right. and there was a compliance factor to it. Right. Um, but, you know, what I've challenged our teachers to do is look at this as an opportunity to expand connections to the real world, uh, problem-based, project-based learning, do all those things that engage kids. And if they don't, if the kids don't feel the pressure of there's not a grade here and you know, really promote it to them, this is us trying to, to really infuse to you skills that you'll need for the ne next 50 years of your life. Uh, Dr. Moss, a uh, friend of mine from Discovery Edge, she always says it best that it's starting to get to the point where it's time for us as adults to kind of step out of the way of our kids and let them be the leaders because they're going to solve the problems that we haven't solved in decades. So this might yeah, be a good chance to change their schema. Totally. And, and again, I think you're put in a good position because if I'm that teacher that says, you know, because teachers immediately would go to, okay, that sounds great for this number of students, but I've got these kids who are, they just, they don't get engaged. And so they, I think they've kind of tricked themselves into thinking that, well, compliance is the answer. You have to make them do something. It has to be for a grade. But I guess in your situation, wouldn't it be a great challenge to say, if I'm that, again, a grade seven social studies teacher and I've got 18 of my 25 kids kind of working on some projects I've got, but then there's these seven others. Like that's where I'm going to spend my time talking with them, yeah. getting to know them, saying like, what, what are you interested in and challenging them? And, and Hey, maybe at the end of it, they don't engage That's, that's going to happen. And teachers got to right. always accept that you can't do everything for everybody, but right. you do have a really, really unique opportunity to engage some learners that, um, you, you couldn't do before because you didn't have the time or the freedom yeah. to explore all kinds of possibilities that weren't on the table before. So I, I think there's some real great, um, Absolutely. great potential there. Um, just a couple last uh, questions before I let you go, Chris. Um, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Tell me about your, um, and I always ask people about what their day's like, and I know it's going to include like, I mean, on these zoom meetings, but like, anything sort of unique or interesting with, and it could be related to your, your daughter, your family, or just the sure. way your day looks that you say, that you kind of catches you off guard and say, this is kind of weird that I'm doing this at this time. Yeah. Well, my, my wife works at the university of Tennessee. Uh, so it's been real creative, uh, both of us full time in education, uh, having a five year old and an 18 month old. So the scheduling and juggling the scheduling, but I, you know, on a silver lining of all this, I eat breakfast with my kids. I eat lunch with my kids. Uh, I, I can work really hard for 90 minutes on something. And then if I want to take 30 minutes to go outside and chase my kids around the yard, I have 30 minutes. I don't have that. 
uh, a month and a half ago. You know, a month and a half ago, my job was very regimented, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I always tell people as an administrator, I got stuff done from 6 a.m. to about 7.30. And then that's when people started coming in the building. And then I played firefighter from 7.30 to about 3.30 when people were in the building. And from 3.30 to 6, I got my work done again. But here, there's, you know, and it, it's interesting because you got to figure out how to uh, schedule and regiment yourself in this environment uh, and not binge watch Netflix um, <laughs> or <laughs> anything like that. But it, it, it's been nice. It's been a nice stress relief uh, for me personally. Um, and, I, you know, I think one of the big challenges is going to be um, my kids when they have to put my picture back on the milk carton. Uh, when we go back to work and they only see me for a few hours a day rather than all this extended time they've seen me. Well, uh, again, I appreciate that. And I, I'm, I'm grateful that you've got a chance to, you know, really enjoy time with, with your family. And I think that is, again, there's, there's a lot of these silver linings and I don't want to, I don't want to overplay that because I also know that there are people that are really struggling with this yeah, in a lot absolutely. of ways that you know, maybe you and I are privileged not to have to deal with. So I, and, and then thinking through, as education, as leaders, like how do we, how do we sort of, uh, you know, be supportive to the most vulnerable in whatever way yeah. we can, given Absolutely. the fact that we're pretty limited in some ways. Right. But anyways, I appreciate all you do, Chris, and thanks for taking time uh, to chat with me today. Well, Dean, I enjoyed that. It's been a long time since we chatted, so thanks for the invite. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Oh, great. Okay. Well, that's